Welcome to Love and Power, An Unexpected Gift by author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Join us for this Women Inseparable study as we learn what it means to be filled with love and power. Here's Jacqueline. Welcome, if I may say, to Women Inseparable. We are getting ready to do Love and Power Lesson 10. Lesson 10. It's always sad when our numbers get higher. It means we're coming to a close of a series. This Love and Power series has been so personal and has been a little dynamic. And I say that in complete praise and glory to God. It's been a very personal, very personal study. I'm so thankful uh, that we've gotten to study scripture together and do this, but we're not done. So we're not saying our goodbyes to the study just yet. We're going to do week 10. What we're going to study this week is going to ride side by side with what we did last week when we walked into Matthew 13. I pray you had a good week with the Lord over Matthew 13, that power happened, that love happened between you and your God. That's my prayer over week nine. I pray that week 10, as we finish Matthew 13, as we finish Matthew 13 here, perhaps you and God will be spending Matthew 13 for a year. I was in the book of Matthew for three and a half years. I didn't read anything else in my Bible, but the book of Matthew for three and a half years. They say, you're supposed to read your Bible through every year. God said, you and me, we're doing Matthew. That was wonderful. It was weird. It was weird when I was done with my time in Matthew to go to another book in the Bible. I, I remember telling God, I miss, I miss Matthew. <laughs> I, miss, I miss my friend. I, I was so close with that book. Where God has you, stay there. Stay there. And if Matthew 13 is a chapter that you and God stay in for a long time, there's no time period. There's no time period with God. Let the Holy Spirit lead you where it needs to go. However, in our study, there is a little bit of a time period. We're going to finish Matthew 13 today before we step into the conclusion of our study in the next couple of weeks. Before we go back into Matthew 13, will you join me in Luke 6? Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 is a parallel passage to Matthew, um, to Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we have Jesus' message. In Luke 6, we have the same words, condensed. We're going to pull from Luke 6 and move it over to our study. Before we do so, with our Bibles open, Let's pray. Father God, we lay our open scripture before your throne. And I ask right now that you will open our eyes to what is open before us. I pray that you'll open up our ears so much more to what is being spoken to our hearts. I pray that our hearts will understand in abundance what you have for us. Father God, I pray that you'll help me to say what you need to be said for each of our hearts as individuals and as a collective group of women that are hungry and thirsty for you. Father God, I pray that you'll remove, remove any of my words, remove any of my thoughts. And I pray that what we study in Luke 6 and what we study in Matthew 13 will be completely and only what you would have us to study. 
I pray that you'll use my vulnerability if you need or my quirkiness if you need. I pray that you'll use me as I am. But I pray, Father God, that you will be the shining star, that you'll be what we hunger for, that you'll be what we thirst for, that you be what we hear, what we see, and what we, ha- what we understand. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Luke 6. Luke 6, 38. If you pull out one verse... I'm going to pull out one verse, and there's a lot of this happening in this study. I wasn't expecting this as we started our love and power, but I've noticed a lot that God is pulling out one verse from one passage, and each of these verses tend to walk hand in hand with the other passages that we're doing, almost as if God is growing you individually in your personal study, because some of the verses that we pull out are applicable to some of us in our season right now. Some of the verses that are pulled out are great because, you know, it's scripture, but it's not what the Holy Spirit needs for you. Our goal in this love and power study is to fall in love, fall in love and see his power. That's our goal. Where that happens between you and God in scripture is between you and God in scripture. Let the Holy Spirit lead that. Luke six thirty eight. Luke 6.38 says these words, and these are Jesus' words that he is speaking to a crowd of people. He says, give, and it will be given to you. Do you hear the reward as well that we talked about last week? To whom is given, much will be given more, and it will be given in abundance. Luke 6.38 says, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your, put into your lap. I'm a Christmas girl. I love presents. My birthday is December 21st. Jesus' birthday is celebrated December 25th. There's, there's a lot of presents happening. I see this passage and I see presents. Is that terrible? I I picture myself sitting there and an abundance from God just sitting on my lap. What are you going to do with that? That's my question. Do you see what is put onto your lap? Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Remember, we're not talking about earthly goods. We're not talking about earthly goods. So don't think about that instant pot or that new phone, or whatever it is that's on your to-get list. We're not talking earthly give and earthly given to you, good measure and an earthly measure, and pressed down in an earthly way, and shaken together in an earthly way, running over in an earthly way. We're talking about God has something to give to you as you give. And he's got something to give to you that is going to overtake your lap. That visual in my head is amazing. What does God have for you? That's an abundance, because a lot of times we say and we sing these words of opening up your hands. Open your hands and receive. That's limited space, isn't it? You open up your lap and receive, that's all the things. That's your whole life is sitting right in front of you in an abundance. When we put this scripture back into context, which scripture ought always stay in context, Jesus is speaking in Matthew 5 and 6 and 7. When you go to Matthew 7, 1, you're going to see this exact passage that we're seeing in Luke 6 that says, judge not and you will not be judged. Do you see the earthly relationship? Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Do you see the earthly relationship? Forgive 
and you'll be forgiven. Do you see the earthly relationship? Also, do you see the eternal relationship? Do you see that shift? Forgive and you'll be forgiven. That takes what we do on earth and brings in a dynamic of the blood and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. What you do on earth impacts eternity. When you receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, that impacts your eternity. When you offer the forgiveness of Jesus Christ to another human on earth, you're impacting Jesus's eternal forgiveness on that person as well. And you're allowing that person who you could not forgive, but all of a sudden you have now forgiven, you have now taught them what the forgiveness of Jesus Christ looks like. And you've allowed them to be hungry a little bit more for Jesus. So what you did on earth just impacted your eternity and you've allowed an open door for their eternity. Does that make sense? If you want more on forgiveness, we have a study called Who Holds Forgiveness? It's a hard topic. It's a scriptural topic. I highly encourage you, if the Lord leads, spend some time there. He says, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. And then he says in our verse now, give. Do you see earthly giving? Also, do you see eternal giving? Can I ask you, what does that look like in your life? There's so many answers that could come to that. Give and it will be given to you. And then Jesus describes what will be given to you. He doesn't describe what you are to give. Don't you love that? He doesn't describe exactly what you are to give because we all give differently. We all are thinking on different scales. Some of us are thinking financial. Some of us are thinking food. Some of us are thinking shoes. We all give in different ways. Some of us are thinking forgiveness. Some of us are thinking love. Some of us are thinking an open door for somebody to come and have a warm place to stay. We all give in so many different ways. There is not a limitation to your giving. There's also not a limitation to God's giving. He says, you give and it will be given to you good measure, good measure. Don't you love when Jesus uses the word good? He created man and said, oh, it's good. He created you and called you good. He says, you give and I'm going to give you good measure. So much so pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap for with the measure you use, sweet friend. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. My prayer for today is that we use these words of Jesus. Use these words of Jesus as you go into Matthew 13, the second half. Got that? We're going to go, when you're ready, we're going to go into the last three parables that Jesus shares in Matthew 13. These parables are spoken to a different ear than the first parables that we talked about last week. When you go into these these three parables use this guidance from Jesus and look at it through the eyes of eternity and give and it'll be given to you. This is our goal. Matthew 13. 
Matthew 13, a lot of our studies in our love and power, we've been going into scripture and we've been seeing ourselves in scripture, seeing where we are. Last week when we started Matthew 13, we saw where we were on the shore standing there while Jesus was sitting in the sea, sitting in the boat in the sea. Here we've got Jesus having a, a more intense dialogue. Look at verse 34 to see the shift. Verse 34 says, all these things, all these things that you spent time with the Lord last week in Matthew 13, all these things Jesus said to who? The crowds. All these things Jesus said to the crowds, to all the ears, to all the hearts, to all the emotions. And he said them all in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to the crowd without a parable. Fascinating. He says in verse, verse 35 says, this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Matthew 13 has given us mystery, mystery that the prophets desired to know, prophets that wanted and longed to see and to hear. Jesus came and was speaking these to the ear that was able to hear it. And here we are. He speaks these mysteries to the crowds and says, hey, crowds, I've got something for you. What do you have? What do you have? And we stand there in the crowd and we, dis we determine, what do I have? Jesus just said all of these words. What do I have? Oh, I have sight on that. I have ears for that. My heart understands that. Cling to that, desire that, want that. And then it says this, verse 36. 36 says, then he left the crowds. Then Jesus left the crowds and he went into the house. Interesting, when we started Matthew 13, it says that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Then he spoke these four parables to the crowds, and then he left the crowds and went into the house. Where are you in this passage? Where are you in this passage? Can I give a sister word of advice? And I say this from, from my soul. When you're reading this passage and you say, I'm in the crowd, be careful to rush into the house. Don't move faster than the Holy Spirit. Can I say that? Some of us want to know what these next parables are meaning, but we're still in the crowd. We're still in the crowd and we still need to figure out what we're hearing. We still need to spend time fasting and praying and studying these four parables. And we want to move so fast and we want to learn so much. But Jesus says you're in the crowd right now and being in a crowd isn't bad. Can I say that? Being in the crowd is not bad. If your season in life right now says, I need you in the crowd, stay where you are. It's so important in every one of our studies as women inseparable to know where your heart is. Be real. Be real with your heart and say, God, I'm not done with verse 31. I have not figured out what that grain of mustard seed means. And until you figure out what that grain of a mustard seed means, Please don't go into the house because these parables are intended for the disciples. They're not intended for all ears. Read them, imprint them, 
let the Holy Spirit wash them over you. But if you're not ready to enter into the house, stay in those first four parables and don't judge yourself and don't condemn yourself. Give yourself grace, give yourself time, give the Holy Spirit the, the control. Hmm. Do, do you love giving control? Give the control of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Is that fair to say? Then I pray I did not cause an offense or that I did not hurt a heart, but I'm with caution saying, be careful because we want to jump into our next phase in life before we're ready. As an adult, as a human, have you ever done that in your thirties? Ever wanted to be older than you are? In your 60s, ever want to be younger than you are? Sometimes we want to be in different seasons of life. And God says, but I have you in a season. I have you in a season. I know you. Are you willing to know you? I know what you can handle. I know what you can handle. I know right now you need to handle this. This is what I'm giving to you. And I want to double that. And if you don't receive what I'm doubling, you're going to try to hold something that you can't handle. And it's going to be too big for you and you're going to get defeated and you're going to start questioning me and you're going to start doubting me and you're going to start turning away and you're going to be one of those ones. May I say this out loud? You're going to be one of those ones that walk away from the faith. I don't understand that sentence. And I wonder if people walk away from the faith because they try to take on something that's not theirs to take on. And they try to do spirituality without Jesus. And they try to go further than the Holy Spirit wants them to go. And they get overwhelmed and they get stressed out and they get to do these things that's not meant for them to do. And they say, oh, God failed me. Maybe you went faster than God wanted you to go. Maybe you did not learn from Jesus Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Maybe you were trying to be spiritual on earth and not try to be spiritual as it is in heaven. It's all about God. God knows you, sweet friend. He knows what you can handle. He knows what talent you have. He knows what gift you have. He knows what season you have. He knows what marriage you have. He knows what child you have. He knows what grandchild you have. He knows what health you have. He knows your mental state. He knows what you can handle. Will you trust him with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding? In all your ways, acknowledge your God and let God, let God direct your path. Apply scripture to your time in scripture and it'll settle, it'll settle all your questions. You say there's stuff in this Bible I don't understand. Okay, welcome. <laughs> I don't know one human on earth that understands this entire book. Do you? I'm like, well, I listened to this theologian, okay? I guarantee you ask that theologian, is there something in scripture you are still working on? I guarantee he will say, yes, I don't understand it all. If you ever sit under the preaching of a man that says, I understand it all, will you stand up and leave? There's only one, there's only one that understands this entire book. His name is God, the very author of your life. And if the author of your life and the author of this book knows how to connect those dots, will you let him? Is that fair? Verse 36 says, then he left the crowds and he went into the house and his disciples came to him. Know where you are. If you're a disciple, 
follow Jesus into the house. Be confident, be proud, be a little giddy, be a little nervous. Walk into that house. And his disciples came to him and said, explain, explain to us the parable of the words of the, or the weeds of the field. I love their wording. I love what the disciples are saying. The disciples said, Jesus, you told me something. And this is something that this is exactly what we're doing. The disciples said, Jesus, you just said something to me and I want to know more. I don't want you to tell me more of all the things. I want you to tell me more of what you just told me. I want to sit with that. It's not exactly what we were just saying. The disciples said, you said something to the crowds. I was in the crowd and I have a question and I want to sit with you with that. Can we talk about those weeds? Hey, love that. Love that. Learn, learn from that disciple of Jesus Christ. Learn from the disciples of Jesus Christ and ask God, God, you told me something in my time of prayer. You gave me this passage from 1 Corinthians. And I know this passage from 1 Corinthians, but this one particular verse, you are pressing on my heart and I've got questions for you. Can you answer these questions for me, God? Not on my timeline, on your timeline. I'll listen. I'll wait. I'll have patience. Teach me. The disciples said, will you explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field? He answered, Jesus answered the explanation. He gives the explanation to this question. He says, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And for those of you that did not spend time in this one parable, this is earlier in Matthew 13. He shares this starting in verse 24. You can go back and compare the parable with the teaching of the parable. The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. You look at this differently with the eyes of the earth and the eyes of eternity. The field is the world and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom of heaven. Do you see where you are in these parables? The weeds are the sons of the evil one. Can I tell you the evil one is real? Do I need to say that again? And the enemy who sowed the evil ones is the devil. Do you know the devil is working always? And he's always planting evil ones. And you say, why are there people in my life that are so uncontrollable? Scripture answer that question for you just now. Why do I have to deal with this, this person? I've got to go to this store and this person is always there. I have to go to this work and this person is always there. I go home and this person is always, always there. Oh, watch it. The field is the world and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom and the weeds are the sons of the evil one. The sons of the evil one, sweet friend, are those that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Don't judge them. Don't judge them. My pastor said one time that the unsaved are the victims of Satan. When we can start viewing the unsaved, not as the evil one and our enemy, they're not our enemy. The enemy is the devil. The enemy is the devil. Every time the enemy is the devil, these evil ones that live among us, these ones that just ugh, drive us crazy and we watch the news and listen to podcasts and walk out our front door, that's not our enemy. If they don't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, do you know why you are walking out your door? We have a study called In the Light. 
to give that steady away. You are the light of the world, sweet friend. Testify the love of Jesus Christ to those unsaved. That's why we're there. Don't let them choke you. Don't let them tangle you up. Don't let you, them pluck you up and pull you down. Don't let them move who you are in the parable of the sower. That's why Satan sows them, isn't it? Satan puts the evil ones everywhere so that they can move us. So that we can say, I'm in the good soil. I know I'm in the good soil because I see 1% fruit. And I am so excited about my 1% fruit. You don't even know. I have been digging with the Lord. I have been walking with the Lord. I have been spending my time. I'm hungry. And 1% fruit has just blossomed. And I love that 1% fruit. Do you know why Satan is going to put an evil one right next to you? Oh, he wants to get rid of that 1% fruit. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. We get shocked every time. <gasps> How dare you? You just said those words to me. Oh. Don't be shocked. Satan. Satan hates your fruit. Satan hates your savior. Heartbreaking. The field is the world and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one and the enemy who sowed them as the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered, watch this. Remember who the weeds are. Just as the weeds are gathered, and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. Sweet friend, everything and all things are about the name of Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior, will you meet Jesus today? If you are judging and condemning an unsaved person in your life, know their end and remember your end and view that relationship and that vision. Do you see the difference? When we walk and we do these parables and we do our life on earth, we see everything on this scale. But when we can step away and look at these parables and see what Jesus is saying, saying you, you disciples who have followed me into the house, you know your eternity is going to be with me always. And Satan has planted evil ones that want to tear you away from loving me and growing in me. And those evil ones have no idea that there's more than life on earth. They have no idea. You, you have a job. The harvest, the harvest is ready. Go, go, go. Speak the name of Jesus. Don't judge. Don't condemn. Forgive and give, forgive and give, and it'll be given unto you. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The son of man will send his angels. The son of man, Jesus will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes, all causes of sin and all lawbreakers. Can you even imagine what the kingdom of God of eternity looks like without sin? And without lawbreakers, can you even imagine how beautiful and throw them, throw the sin and throw the lawbreakers into the fiery furnace? 
In that place there will be weeping, Jesus says. Jesus Christ in the flesh walking among us says, in that place there will be weeping. Jesus who knew the beginning, who was the beginning. Jesus who is the end, who knows the end. Jesus who knows all things, who is the author of all things, says these words. He says, in that place there will be weeping and there will be gnashing of teeth. When we look at what life looks like on earth, through the eyes of earth, we forget what Jesus is saying. There is so much more than living life on earth for the sake of living life on earth. There is an eternity and eternity is real. Eternity is real. And what you do on life, when you do, what you do on earth will impact not only your eternity, but it will impact the eternity of others every single time. Judge not, condemn not, forgive and give on earth as it is in heaven. May we pray the Lord's prayer over this passage, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth right now in this situation with this person as it is in heaven. Help me, Father God, to see. I need to see that it's not about earth. It's not about earth. It's not about my heart being hurt. It's not about my body being hurt. It's about their soul. Every time it's about their soul then the righteous will shine. The righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. There is so much more than Tuesday and there is so much more than Wednesday and there is so much more than Thursday. We have the kingdom of heaven that is at hand today and we have the kingdom of our father that is for all eternity. Jesus says these words to the disciples that are in his house. He says, he who has ears, what? May we fast and pray and study and crave ears to hear. Do you hear what Jesus is saying in the privacy of his house to those who know Jesus Christ as their savior? even more than those who know Jesus as their savior, those who have said, I'm in the good soil. You know you're in the house and you can look at your life and you say, I got 1%. I got 1%, I'm coming in the house. Because I want that 1% to become 2%. I'm coming in that house. And when you walk into that house with your fruit, ready to abound, Jesus says, you want to know how to abound that fruit? You know how to get your 1% to 30%? You know how to get your 30% to 60%? And this is flooring to me this very moment. Do you know how to get to that 100% fruit? You do it by this. You see every single soul, every single step on earth as if you are in heaven and you get that soul saved. Get that soul saved. Father God, there is so much, so much in Matthew 13. There is so much in Matthew 13, and I want so much more. I pray that you will give, that you will give in good measure.
the truth and the way and the life that you would have me to get and that you would have every one of us women who are gathered together proclaiming the very name of Jesus Christ, who are sitting here in awe saying, God, I've done it. I've produced fruit. It's a little bit of fruit, but it's fruit. And there's some of us that say, God, I have produced 30% fruit and I want more. And there are some of us that say, I have produced 60% fruit and I want more. And there are some of us that say, I have done 100% fruit and I want more. Father God, in good measure, will you press down? Will you run and run fruit over our life so that one more soul can get saved? Father God, help us to view life. Help us to learn these parables through the eyes of eternity, not on earth. Oh, our rewards have nothing to do with earth. They have everything, everything to do with eternity with God. Oh, salvation, I pray. Father God, we all have a name on our heart. Jesus Christ, I pray your blood and your resurrection to become so real to that soul. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will continue going before. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for being willing to go into the darkness to draw us to the light. You've done that in every one of our lives. Every one of us that have gotten saved has been drawn by the Holy Spirit from the darkness to the light. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will go to the darkness of the name that we're thinking of right now. Draw them to the light. And I pray that you will give us the boldness to proclaim the name of Jesus when their ears are ready to hear. Please bring them to the crowd that they may see. Bring them to the crowd that they may hear. And above all else, I pray that their hearts will understand the love and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, I pray the blood of Jesus over our people. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more Women Inseparable studies, check out our website at womeninseparable.com. Send your questions to womeninseparable at gmail.com.